Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, And what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you for your presence in this house this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you have done thus far, God, in this service. And Lord, we're just praying now as we break open the word of life, God, today. Lord, that you would touch our hearts. God, I pray that you would challenge each one of us as individuals in this room this morning, God, uh, to your word, God, and what your word would speak to us, God, individually, God. And Lord, that you would just put your anointing upon each one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. You know what I was, uh, this passage was part of our Bible reading. If you've been joining us on the Bible reading plan that we've been sending out each week, and this was one of those passages, I believe it was on Thursday or somewhere around there, that, or on Friday, I guess it was. And, and, and hopefully you're doing that. It's, it's good to uh, read together as a church and get involved in the Word of God. And I, I find it exciting to read the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts and, and all that it has and, and all it goes through. Here we find Paul coming into Ephesus while Apollos has just departed to go to Corinth and, and is in Corinth at that particular time. And, and Apollos, he had, had been schooled by Priscilla and Aquila, and had, who had took him to the side after hearing him preach, and he, they explained to him, is what the Word of God says, that they explained to him the way of God more accurately. So Paul comes to Ephesus. Apollos has already left, so they don't get to meet there at this particular time. And Paul comes across these 12 guys that are basically are living under the same knowledge that Apollos has when it, come, when it came to Christ Jesus. The same concept. They were also uh, of, of, of John's followers. And, and, and so there was something that was there. Paul immediately picks up on things about these guys' spiritual uh, walk and, and some things that seem to be missing. How I many you know sometimes people can pick up on what we're lacking sometimes? And Paul, when he came across speaking with these guys, he... He picked up on something, and I believe Paul was one of those guys that walked in the Spirit. And he was very, had a, you know, if you want to say he had antennas out here that would maybe feel a little bit of the room and understand and, and what Spirit, you know, I, I believe Paul operated in, in the gifts of the Spirit, that one of discernment and, and different things, knowledge. And, and so Paul picked up something about these 12 guys. These 12 guys were supposed to be followers, is what the Word said. You know, John the Baptist preached a certain message and they followed and they were baptized into that. But he noticed and he asked them that question. You know, and as Aquila and Priscilla did for Apollos, Paul will do for these guys. He'll do the exact same thing when it comes to 
the right, correct message and the things that we should believe and understand about what it is to know Jesus Christ. And the first thing he points out to help them, listen, was this, their faith was limited to what they had heard. Their faith was limited to what they had heard. And he points this out in their life. You know, there's a saying, and I'm sure some of you have heard this, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and smells like a duck, it is a duck. And we know that, and that, that saying, Prewell says, if all these things are there, that is a duck. Well, when Paul was talking to these guys, there was something that was lacking that would say that they were actually true, born-again believers. Something was lacking with them that would say they understood what Jesus did. And what happened when Jesus ascended. The, the, the Holy Spirit came down. There was something that was not quite there. Something not quite right. But I noticed in this passage of Scripture, I don't, I'm not sure if you've noticed it or not, but we find this thing about Paul. He did not condemn them for what they were lacking, but set out to help them to discover what was missing. Now I think that's important when we run across people that don't have it quite down right or not doing the right thing or maybe they're not walking as we know what the Word of God would say and sometimes we are the first ones to condemn them for the way they act. Sometimes we say, well, they don't even act like a Christian and we'll tell someone else. Or, and Paul didn't do that. Instead of condemning them for what they were lacking, he tried to give them insight on how to be more like God would want them to be. What a thought this morning for the church to help someone get where they need to be. Now, I've been just as guilty many times because we can learn from Paul in this passage of Scripture that we need to be helpers. And sometimes we get a little smart aleck with our remarks. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? We say, well, you know, well, well, well that, I think you're serving the wrong God. That ain't my God. That ain't my Jesus. Instead of trying to bring somebody into right understanding in right relationship. And see, sometimes people are what they are is because they have not heard the whole story. They haven't heard how they're supposed to be born again and how regeneration changes their life. They are in that process, but they haven't heard all of it. And sometimes we can learn from what Paul did here. Paul shows that we should have this mindset to help that person find what they are missing and help them to grow. See, their problem was in what they had heard, not in their faith. Their problem was in what they heard, not in their faith. They had great faith. They heard John the Baptist preach, repent, repent. Turn away from your sin. The Messiah is coming. He's, I baptize in water, but He's coming to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. What they had heard, they had great faith in what they had heard. Haven't you know that John's message, though, was limited? John's message wasn't the same message that Paul had. John's message wasn't the same message that Peter had. There was a limitation of what John did. John died way before Jesus went to the cross. He didn't know that Jesus came out of the grave that third day. He didn't know that Jesus died upon the cross to take away our sins. He didn't know the tomb was empty. 
He knew it perhaps because he was in heaven, but he didn't preach that. And what these guys had believed on, what they had heard, and what became their faith is that the Messiah is coming. Repent, turn from your wicked ways. So what did they do? They got baptized, what they called the baptism of John, and the baptism of repentance. They turned. They were living a good life. They were trying to follow, waiting for Jesus to come. But here Paul says something that's what's not quite right. And so he wants to start sharing with them. Can I tell you today that there's a lot of people that are not living a true Christian life because it has not been preached or taught properly. <laughs> and if you've noticed out there, there's a bunch of people who just say, they say something, say a prayer. That's all you need. You're going to go to heaven. My friend, I, I beg to differ with you on that one. Because the true gospel tells to repent and get things out and start living a new life. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. And there's a lot of people that don't get that. And, 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 and sometimes we judge them instead of helping them come into a deeper relationship and start to understand what's lacking in their life. Paul looked at them and he says, well, I know this much. Listen, Paul was no idiot. Agree? And he knew there was something lacking in their lives. And there's a lot of folks out there Matter of fact, you survey America, and a lot of them say they're Christian, but they don't look even anything or act anything like a Christian should act. Why? Because they think they're Christian because of what they've heard. I'm Christian because I was born in America. No, that don't get you to be a Christian. I'm Christian because mom and dad were Christians. I'm Christian because I went to a church. Can I tell you, church doesn't make you a Christian. I, I, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. Sometimes a lot of people are, are really not what they need to be because they haven't heard a proper message of what it means to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul's addressing here. These were some good folks. They'd made a public bapt, or bapt, or testimony of being baptized in repentance. See, sometimes we're limited by what we hear because we know Romans 10, 17 says this, then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And their message literally stopped at what John the Baptist was preaching. You know, sometimes we believe what we heard. I remember my mother, she was always telling us kids about the Black Panthers down by Briscoe. Don't go out at night. Black Panthers will get you. That Black Panther's been roaming on the hills. And I said, Did you ever see it? No, we've never seen it, but somebody told us. <laughs> and that story carried for 50 years. Of course, you go outside with Bobby, he'd make you think the Black Panther was out there. <laughs> but I'm just saying, sometimes we take our faith in what we've heard. That's why I believe it's good that every one of us read the Word of God because the Word of God is what brings real faith, not what someone has said or somebody else has said. We need to be in the Word of God like the Bereans were, that we know what's being said is true. Because it's what we hear is what we make faith on. And what they have heard was not the whole story. They hadn't heard everything that they needed to hear. They needed more in order to make that true Commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
They needed more to that story. Notice what Paul says in Acts 19.2. He says, And to them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed. And notice what they said. So they said to him, We have not heard. We have not heard. In other words, they didn't know and had no faith for because they had not heard about the Holy Spirit and what Christ had done when he died upon the cross The Holy Spirit came. They had not heard, so therefore they had no faith. And you and I must hear. That's why we need the Word of God to be preached right and correctly so that people can make a true definition of faith on what they hear. Not upon a man, but upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, in this passage of Scripture, there's two types of insights for you. There's two interpretations. Have you figured out yet that, that, that there's often many different interpretations from commentaries and different things? That's why you shouldn't always put your faith in commentaries. One of them says this. The passage comes with two different interpretations. The Spirit-filled Bible says Paul finds a group of disciples a clear indication that they are true baptized Christians who knowledge about the Holy Spirit is defective. That's the Spirit-filled Bible. I read that Bible all the time. I read it daily. Another group says this, they were not saved yet, seeing how Paul points out that they were baptized under repentance after believing the message of John to repent because the Messiah is coming. I'm going to tell you this morning, if you haven't figured out, I lean toward that second definition. And I'll tell you why I lean that way. Paul asked this question, have you received the Spirit since you believed? Now this raises the question, was Paul speaking of the Spirit at regeneration or the baptism in the Holy Spirit that you can receive afterwards? It raises a question to you this morning. See, the guys had only heard what John had to preach about the coming of the Messiah and not, had not heard the rest of the story. How many of you remember Paul Harvey? The rest of the story. They had not heard the rest of the story. They had not heard about Peter's preaching. They had not heard about the rest of the story of what Jesus did upon the cross and why it's so important. There was, an, in, there was incomplete in their faith. They were incomplete in their faith like many in the world today, because they have not heard the rest of the story. All of it is so important. We can't leave it out just because we're wanting to say numbers, how many people got saved. We need to be very clear about what it is and what it takes for salvation. See, they believed there was a man named Jesus. I've heard people, me and God got it all right. And usually that's when I'm smart aleck. And I try not to be, it just comes out. And then one says, I live like I want as long as I've said the prayer. See, it's upon hearing the gospel that faith can be made unto salvation, and then one will receive the regeneration of the Spirit, the new birth. We cannot be newly born Christians without hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot be saved 
unless we understand and the gospel's been presented to us in a way that we clearly understand it and we then become new creations in Christ. It's then that born again. It's then that new birth comes in. And it has something to do and it changes your life. Listen, in verse 4 it says this, Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. We are not told that Paul spoke to them about Jesus, but if I know something about him, he stayed to the true, his true character, and he preached the cross of Jesus Christ to them. Wouldn't it be great? Listen, we don't have a word-for-word dictation about what Paul said. But I'll guarantee you, I can't guarantee, but more than likely, he talked to them about the cross of Calvary. The message of the cross of Jesus Christ. And he spoke to them that. Read in Corinthians, he says, I came to you nothing but preaching the cross. That's Paul. And that cross, the message of the cross is so important for us to be new, born-again Christians. It is powerful in our lives. When the cross, when we understand what happened at the cross of Calvary, then we have, the story has been shared and that we then can have faith unto salvation. It's then that we become Christians. It's then we become born again. It's then that we have a new life. And a lot of people have not been shared that gospel and think they are born again. The Bible says it's got to be that in Romans 10, 9 and 10. We know this scripture that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believed in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What happened? They hear it, they confess it. I think, and I think the reason we get so disappointed many times is that we have people that come down and say a prayer, but they don't understand why they're saying that prayer. And then we go baptize them in water, and then they have this almost, I've done that, been there, I'm already, I'm already sealed up, ready to go to heaven. And then they live nothing like a God, God would want them to live. Something's wrong with that. Paul would not tolerate it. Paul looked at these guys and said, hey, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? I mean, you know, you need the Holy Spirit to be regenerated. You need that new spirit to come in for life. It's the spirit that quickens our bodies. It's the spirit that quickens us. That same spirit that quickened Jesus in the tomb is the same spirit that quickens you and I. You may say, I've never had anything to do with the Holy Spirit. If you have it, then you're not born again. Because the spirit comes in. And it's that spirit that quickens our hearts and our lives. After hearing the whole gospel, these guys were saved and baptized in the name of Jesus. Did you know this is the only instance in the Bible where people got baptized twice? They got baptized when John the Baptist preached about the coming of the Messiah, and then they got baptized when they heard about Jesus and the true story, and they got baptized in his name once again. Now, we know the formula for baptism in the, uh, Matthew chapter 28. It says, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is not doctrine here, but they got baptized, and now what they knew about Jesus Christ and the fullness of why He came. 
Oh, I'm telling you, it, it resonated within their heart and their spirit, and they got saved, hallelujah. And they let the Spirit come in, and now they know Paul. They said, now we got it. We got the Holy Ghost now inside of us because we have been born again. How many of you remember that feeling when you got born again? Three of you. Man, I'm feeling him right now. That born-again spirit, that regeneration. See, water baptism is an outward sign that something truly happened in here. That's all it is. When I got baptized, I told everybody in the audience, I didn't say a word because I was so shy in front of people, I didn't want to talk. Don't give me that microphone. But I still said something without saying a word. I told everybody in the audience, I have been born again. I have been saved by Jesus. My life is changing. I'm walking a different direction because God got a hold of my soul. Hallelujah. Everybody out there without saying a word, I said, Billy Snyder is changed. And that's what it means. It's a message. You know, just as Paul shared the whole gospel, it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to start sharing the gospel and quit making it so friendly accepted. It's time that we say, it's going to cost you something. It's time that we quit saying it's all free because, my friend, it does cost you something. It costs you your life. The Bible, Jesus didn't beat around the bush. He told the rich young ruler, hey, go sell all you got. Come back and follow me. That wouldn't preach today. But Jesus understood. He says, if you're going to follow me, pick up your cross and deny yourself. It does cost you something. It does, and that's not preached much because it does not build a big crowd. But my friend, it, it populates heaven when people actually believe what's being said in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God truly grows. God's not interested in how many people we got sitting in the church building that aren't saved on Sunday morning. He's more interested in everybody being saved. And that's what we find here. Paul wasn't about to let these 12 guys, hey, I'm so glad y'all are living right. You know who Jesus is. Paul addressed them in a way that those 12 are probably up in heaven talking to Paul, saying, Paul, thank you so much for addressing us that day in Ephesus, telling us the truth. See, it's the truth that sets you free. It's not the watered-down truth. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that sets you free. That truth. Romans 1.16, and we need to get a hold of it. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation. That's the only thing that can bring a person to salvation is when we preach the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where new birth and new life comes in. It's not church membership. It's not, hey, my parents. It's when we hear the gospel and we believe it by faith, we are born again. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen? See, there are too many people saying a prayer yet are truly not born again. How can I say that? Matthew 7. Somebody's got to fit in this group. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God or heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Listen, there is something that we need to have a change in our life when we get saved. Amen? We need that. Have you ever met somebody that was one of the most honorous, 
persons in the community and just, just really had a sinful life going and they truly met Jesus Christ and then all of a sudden people look at them and said, what happened to that man? Isn't it good that you could say, Jesus Christ changed their life. Jesus got a hold of them. Jesus changed who they are. Can I tell you, he's still in the life-changing business this morning. He still changes it. God is good all the time. These guys have a genuine experience of salvation, but Paul does not stop there. He doesn't just stop at them being baptized in the name of Jesus. He doesn't just stop there. After a genuine new birth in Christ, they are now they are they now are candidates for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've got about eight minutes to preach. Six now. Acts nineteen five seven. Listen to what it says. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. It would have been nice if we could have heard what all or heard all that what Paul said. But I'm sure that when Paul went to explain things, Paul didn't leave anything out. Because you remember the question that he asked him at the very first. He says, Have you received the Spirit? Have you received the Spirit? Paul didn't just ask him that not to explain everything about the Spirit. Paul asked him that to open a door of the opportunity to explain how the Holy Ghost comes at birth when we're newborn and also when it comes after that, when He comes and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you say, Pastor, it doesn't say that. But I'm going to say, sometimes you need to stick to a person's character and what he's wrote in other passages of Scripture and understand that's what Paul says. I have people come up to me sometimes and say, well, so-and-so said this and that. And I'm thinking, I don't believe what you're saying because that's not their character. That's not what they would be. I don't believe they would say that. And folks, we need to stand up more for individuals when people are bad-mouthing. That's on the sidetrack. Okay. But I'm saying today, Paul's character, Paul couldn't stand still in Athens. What he, he had to tell him about Jesus. And then he had to tell him about the resurrection. Paul was a man that was going to tell you about God. And these guys heard about the Spirit, because that was the question. Have you received the Spirit since you have believed? Paul took that time. And he may have shared his own story. I love Billy Nichols shared a little bit of his story Friday night. Nelson Gonzalez shared a little bit of his story Saturday morning, how God worked in their life. Paul could have said something like this. I, got, I was out to persecute the Christians on the road to Damascus. I was going to put them in prison and Jesus interrupted my life and from that moment I had the Holy Spirit at, at birth and then here comes the Ananias. He lays hands on me and I get filled with the Holy Ghost. 
That's very short preaching right there. Paul had a story. Paul lays hand on all 12 and they are all filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. Can I tell you that is our distinction as a, as a movement of God is that we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. That's us. And all 12 received the promise from God. Can I tell you, every one of us can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But there's something that we must understand. We must be saved first. We must be born again first in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Nelson explained it very well yesterday morning. While the altars were full of men, I'm going to tell you, the altars from their stage was way bigger than this one, and from one end to the other, I, I suspect, what, 35, 40 guys easy down at the altar that came down to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he explained to them very well, and I think one of the things, if you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to, I want to, uh, maybe I'll give you a little freedom here. I think one of the most important things he told them is that they were going to have to participate in being filled. God wasn't just going to zap them. I'm glad God doesn't just zap us because it would be like a, a, probably like one of those fly swatters and that'd be the end of me. <laughs> and we expect God just to do this. And, and he spoke of this, that you're going to have to open your mouth. You're going to have to worship God and you're going to have to get into his presence and you're going to have to give him a little bit. Let him have, surrender your tongue to him and let the Holy Spirit give you an utterance. And in that moment, I was amazed at what took place at that altar. I've prayed for some, and listen, as a preacher, I love to pray with people, but when you come down to be prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're just sitting there not doing nothing, I'm not praying with you very long because I know it's not going to happen. That's where you need to go back, pray, read some more, and then come back hungry. Because it's not going to happen. But I prayed for others that just in a moment they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And just in a moment of a second. Yesterday after Brother Nelson was giving them what they needed to do and how it would, the Holy Spirit would come upon them when Jesus would walk among and baptize. I recognized the presence of the Lord in the altars. I'm tired of saying, I sense his presence. I'm going to tell you, I recognized his presence at the altars that morning, just as much as I recognize his presence while I'm preaching right now. I recognized his presence at the altar. I was standing in front of two guys, and all of a sudden, I don't, after talking to others, it wasn't just right there that I recognized. His presence was throughout. And these guys started worshiping the Lord, and they started to pray unto God. And it didn't take just a moment. I barely lay hands on two of them, and they're talking in tongues just like that. I'm saying there's something about participating when it comes to being filled with the Holy Ghost that when you're ready and you say, I love God, it doesn't take much to get you there. They opened their mouth, because that's a, a need. I have found that sometimes we as couples, we speak with just our eyes. 
I don't get it when you're getting filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to open your mouth and surrender your tongue unto the Lord. Because they were filled. Those two and all across that altar, men were being filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I'm going to tell you guys, I love this retreat because God meets us up on that mountaintop. God touches our hearts and touches our lives. Listen, they were men of different ages, different backgrounds, different colors, and different social statuses that were all being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was beautiful. These 12 that Paul was talking to, the Bible didn't say they tarried longer, and they, they were just filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, when we finally get to understand who it is that we worship and praise, God's presence can come upon us. He has given us the promise. Joel 2.28 doesn't say, and Peter used Joel chapter 2, verse 28. It's like the prophet Joel said. He says, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon your sons and your daughters. Listen, it didn't say just on the pastors. It didn't just say on the elders. It didn't just say on the patriarchs and the matriarchs. It says, I will pour my spirit out on everybody. When it talks about what we're talking about this morning, I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about the gifts of spirits found over in 1 Corinthians. There are some that will give a message in tongues. That's a different thing. I'm talking about your heavenly language that you get when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who's a candidate? The only candidate that, the candidate that can be baptized is somebody that has been saved. That's it. That's it. Some will say, well, that's not for me. I beg to differ because the Bible says, I will pour my spirit out on all sons and daughters. This is something in the time that we live, we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's not just once. We need daily refilling. We need to act like we're driving the worst car that gets the worst gas mileage and I need to go to the pump every day. need when it comes to the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need to pull up every morning in my prayer time and my Bible time. Plug in. Not electric plug. Plug in to the Holy Ghost every day and speak in that tongue that God's given me and be filled up daily. Why? Because when I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to love you better. I'm going to do what God wants me to do better. I'm going to love everybody better. Everybody says, what happened to Pastor Billy? Well, he plugged in this morning. I'm going to tell you, it makes a difference in our lives. Plug in every morning. I can't stand that sin. It makes a difference in our lives. It is never meant to be a one-time thing. Never was it a one-time thing for the apostles. Read it throughout the books. We've been there. Have you not noticed they've been filled more than once throughout the book of Acts? We all need it daily. That baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have cut my message way short. But I got my point across. This is still for us. It's still for us. It's not an assembly God thing. I still think we are to have to be filled with the Holy Ghost if we're going to go out on the mission field and stuff. It's not a similar God thing. There's people being filled in the Holy Ghost, Catholics. 
what, what is it? God says if you're hungry for it, if you're hungry, and understand that you're a candidate, doesn't matter about your age. There's little kids that have been carried out of worship places because the Holy Ghost has came up on them so strong they can't quit talking in tongues. I'm saying to the church, it's time we get back to it. Amen? Time we get back to it. Pastor, come. I hate to preach like this. And Would you all stand with me this morning just for a moment? Here, here's the thing. Here's what we need to understand. I don't just need to preach this on Pentecost Sunday. We need to be reminded of who we are. And we need to be reminded that we need the power of the Holy Ghost in our life. We need to be reminded that it is about Him coming in us and then being filled. And we need to be reminded that we need to speak in that heavenly language that God's given us. The Bible says pray in the Spirit. We need to be reminded of these things. I can look across this and many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you this morning, this afternoon. Get back to that place that you talk in the, the Spirit, that the tongues flow out daily in your life. Because I want to tell you, it does make a difference in your walk. It makes a difference in how you serve your Lord. I want to encourage you to make time for God in your prayer time. Every day, I, I received a letter from, I believe it was Kentucky one time. I was really down. And he, he says, I don't know you, but God does. Well, that's an awesome statement, isn't it? I don't know you, but God does. And the Lord put that my name on this guy's uh, heart while he was praying in the Holy Spirit. And he sent me the book, Pray in the Holy Spirit Daily. And I started practicing that. I'm going to tell you, it helps you. I want to encourage you today. Be ye filled. Be ye filled. Remember, you're driving the worst car there is for fuel mileage. Plug in every day. Plug in every day. I challenge San Jacinto and you that are watching online. Let's get in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's see what happens. Because when we've been plugged in all week to the Holy Spirit, we're going to have Holy Ghost services. Amen? Be three o'clock in the afternoon. We'll still be going. Got three hallelujahs. But we are Spirit-filled people. We want to preach the truth of the gospel. We'll get people filled up. Amen?